Okay. Before we get started here in 2023, let me share a few things with you. My purpose for this podcast is to voice my opinions on various people, places, things, events, etc., etc., etc. My purpose is not to hurt, anger, mislead, or leave anyone feeling dejected or disrespected. It is simply to give my opinion, sometimes with a humorous twist, and hopefully you'll give me yours back. And that perhaps can be the beginning of an interesting, thought-provoking conversation. Yes, some of the subject matter will be touchy, but it's also going to be funny, entertaining, informational. And I mean, in this day and time, with everyone being so overly sensitive to everything, we've lost the art of open, honest, everyday communication. Here at Opinionated by Design, we're going to find that lost art and begin to talk to one another again. So, talk to me. I talk back. If at any time you feel dejected, disrespected, hurt, angered, or misled, or maybe you just want to laugh and talk about the episode or leave me your opinion about something, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Leave me a voice note on Spotify or Apple. Send me an email at opinionatedbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media at opinionatedbydesign. And do not forget to visit the website at opinionatedbydesign.com. <sighs> okay, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get started. your girl or maybe I'm not who knows who cares I'm back Steffi J with another episode of opinionated by design here we are going into our third segment of our black history month series and tonight today we're going to be talking about Annie Turnbow Malone and Malone is credited with being one of the nation's first black female millionaires based on beauty products that's right, you made a killing on beauty products. But first, if this is your first time here, like, hit that like, subscribe, and share button, kick your feet back, and enjoy the conversation. If you are returning, welcome back, fam. Thank you for all your support. All right, now, y'all know what time it is. Go grab your sip and come right back. Annie Minerva Turnbull was born on August 9th, 1869, in Metropolis, Illinois. She was the 10th of 11 children born to Robert and Isabella Turnbull, poor farmers. Annie's parents died when she was young and an older sister raised her in nearby Peoria. Although she did attend school, frequent illness caused her with, to withdraw before completing high school. 
As a young girl, Annie enjoyed fashioning her and her sister's hair. And she soon became aware of differences in hair texture and sought a way to straighten hair. During the late 19th century, African-American women used soap, goose fat, and heavy oils to straighten their hair. Chemical straightness often damaged the scalp and the hair follicles. Now, while living in Lovejoy, Illinois, around the turn of the century, Annie developed a chemical product that straightened African-American hair without damage. She claimed to have studied chemistry and to have been influenced by an aunt who was trained as an herbal doctor. She expanded her hair can line to include other beauty products, including her popular, wonderful hair growers. Now, some historians and some people will credit Malone with developing depressant iron around this time. But you would be wrong. That is not so. That honor goes to Francois Marcel Gardel, maker of what? The Marcel Irons. And he was from France, and that was done in 1872. And an African-American man named Walter Sammons, he improved on a design to make it better for African-American people. And he patented it in the U.S. in 1920. So do know, Annie Turnbull Malone and Madam C.J. Walker had nothing to do with the invention of the pressing comb. But I digress. In 1902, Annie moved her business to St. Louis, Missouri, where she hired and trained three assistants. Because, you know, as black women, they were denied access to the traditional distribution systems. So they sold their products door to door and provided free demonstrations. In 1903, Malone married a Mr. Pope, but she divorced him after a short time because what? He was getting in, there, getting in and trying to mess with her business and interfering. You know, she didn't play that. Now, during the 1904 World's Fair, Annie opened a retail outlet. Now, visitors to St. Louis responded favorably to her products, prompting her to embark on an innovative marketing campaign aimed at distributing the products nationally. In addition to going door to door, she and her trained assistants traveled to black churches and community centers, providing free hair and scalp treatments. She held press conferences and advertised in black newspapers. Annie traveled throughout the South at a time of racial discrimination and violence, but she pushed on giving her demonstrations in black churches and women's clubs all across this country. Everywhere she went, she hired and trained women to serve as local sales agents. They, in turn, recruited others. And by 1910, distribution had expanded nationally. One of Malone's recruits was Madam C.J. Walker, a former washerwoman who eventually founded her own company with similar beauty products and distribution. She is widely regarded as the most successful black entrepreneur of the early 20th century and founder of the black beauty business in the U.S. However, mm -mm. historians credit Malone with having developed her products and distribution system first. Walker sold her own wonderful hair straightener, which Malone called a fraudulent imitation. As a result, Malone trademarked Poro, 
a new name for her product and merchandising systems in 1906. Now, PORO is a West African word for an organization dedicated to disciplining and enhancing the body spiritually and physically. In 1914, Annie married Aaron Eugene Malone, an ex-teacher and a Bible salesman. Now, her husband became the company's chief manager and president. And the young couple did more than just manufacture beauty products. They also provided a way for African-American women to improve themselves on many levels. At a time when few career opportunities were available, Pearl offered them a chance at economic independence. Malone believed that if African-American women improved their physical appearance, they would gain greater self-respect and achieve success in other areas of their life. Now, Annie was committed to community building and social welfare. To that end, she built Poro College in 1918, a complex that included her business offices, manufacturing operations, and training center, as well as facilities for civic, religious, and social functions. Now, this campus was located in St. Louis's upper-middle-class black neighborhood and served as a gathering place for the city's African-Americans who were denied access to other entertainment and hospitality venues. The complex, which was valued at more than a million dollars, included classrooms, barbershops, laboratories, an auditorium, dining facilities, a theater, a gym, a chapel, and a roof garden. Many local and national organizations, including the National Negro Business League, were housed in the facility or used it for business functions. The training center provided cosmetology and sales training for women interested in joining the Poro Agent Network. It also taught students how to walk, talk, and behave in social situations. <laughs> Etiquette class. Now, during the 20th century, the early 20th century, waste improvement and positive self-image were seen as a way to increase social mobility. By teaching deportment, Malone believed she was helping African-American women improve their standing in the community. By 1926, the college employed 175 people. It had franchise outlets in North and South America, Africa, and the Philippines, employing another 75,000 women. Malone had become a wealthy woman, <laughs> and it is believed that she was worth $14 million at one point during the 1920s. Her 19 in, in 1924 income tax totaled nearly $40,000. That's a lot of money for back in the 1920s for anyone, but especially for a black woman. However, despite her health, Malone lived conservative to, conservatively and gave away much of her fortune to help other African Americans. She is one of America's first major black philanthropists. Malone donated large sums to countless charities. And at one time, it is believed that she was supporting two full-time students in every black land-grant college in the United States. 
She gave $25,000 to the Howard University Medical School during the 1920s. And at that time, that was the largest gift the school had ever received from any African-American. From any American at that point. She also contributed to the Tuskegee Institute. Malone was generous with family and employees. She educated many of her nieces and nephews and bought homes for her brothers and sisters. She awarded employees with lavish gifts for attendance, punctuality, service anniversaries, and as rewards for investing in real estate. A $25,000 donation from Malone helped build the St. Louis Colored YWCA. She also contributed to several orphanages and donated the site for the St. Louis Colored Orphans Home. She raised most of the orphanage's construction costs and served on the home's executive board from 1919 to 1943. The home was renamed the Annie Malone Children's Home in 1946. Malone also gave generously of her time in the community. She was president of the Colored Women's Federated Clubs of St. Louis, an executive committee member of the National Negro Business League, and the Commission on Interracial Cooperation. She was an honorary member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority and a member of the African Methodist Episcopal Church and a lifelong Republican. Malone's generosity raised her stature in the community but contributed to the financial decline of her business. While she was spending time on civic affairs and distributing her wealth to various organizations, she left the day-to-day -day affairs of the business in the hands of managers, including her husband. Some of those managers were inexperienced or dishonest, eventually leading to the dismantling of her entire business empire. For six years leading up to 1927, Annie and Aaron Malone became embroiled in a power struggle over control of the Poro business. The struggle was kept quiet until 1927 when Aaron Malone filed for divorce and demanded half the business. He claimed that Poro's success was due to contacts he brought to the company. He courted black leaders and politicians who sided with him in the highly publicized divorce. Annie Malone's devotion to black women and charitable institutions led Poro workers and church leaders to support her. She also had the support of the press and Mary McClude Bethune, president of the National Association of Colored Women. Having the support of so many powerful women, that helped Annie Malone prevail in the dispute and allowed her to keep her business. And she negotiated a, sal a settlement of $200,000. Aaron still got over $200,000 back in that day. That's a lot of money. In 1930, Malone moved her business to Chicago, where its location became known as the Poro Block. Her financial trouble continued when she became the target of lawsuits, including one by a former employee who claimed credit for her success. When the suit was settled in 1937, she was forced to sell the St. Louis property. Malone's business was further crippled by enormous debt to the government for unpaid real estate and excise taxes. In 1943, she owed almost $100,000. The government was constantly taking her to court 
and by 1951, it had took control of Poro. Most of the property was sold to pay the taxes. Malone's business failure tarnished her reputation. Her former employee, Madam C.J. Walker, often overshadows Malone because Walker's business remains successful and more widely known. Walker is often credited as the originator of the black beauty and cosmetic business and the direct distribution and sales agent system that Malone developed. Many historians believe Malone deserves more credit for her devotion to helping African Americans gain financial independence and her generous donations to educational, civic, and social causes. Annie Turnbull Malone died of a stroke on May 10, 1957 in Chicago, Illinois. She was 87 years old. By the time of her death, Malone had lost her national visibility and most of her money. Having had no children, her estate at the time was valued at around $100,000, and that was left to her nieces and nephews. All right, y'all, there it is, Annie Turnbull Malone. Now, I've heard of her before, and I heard also that she was the one that really started this beauty business for African Americans. And I did see that Madam C.J. Walker movie. And you know, you can't believe everything that's in movies, but Madam C.J. Walker herself has admitted to taking this woman's whole concept and just building on it and becoming more successful at it than she did. But, you know, there you go. Two very successful women in the black beauty care business. Making millions of dollars back in that day and time. Kudos to them both. And kudos to Annie Turnbull Malone. Another unsung black hero. Well, you guys, there we have it. Another episode down. Thanks for joining me. Hope to see you tomorrow when we hit episode number four in our Black History Month Unsung Hero series. Until tomorrow. Bye. Hey, did you like today's episode? Maybe you didn't. Either way, let me know. Hit me in the email, opinionatedbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media at opinionatedbydesign. Don't forget, you can also leave me a voice note on Spotify and Apple. Don't forget to visit our website at opinionatedbydesign.com. Either way, y'all, come on, talk to me. I talk back.